As we get older, we may not be able to do the things we've always done. We might need a helping hand with chores around the house, giving a five-star review to our favorite food podcast, or in some cases, we might even need help with basic functions like eating or bathing. Luckily, there are many people who care deeply about helping folks in need. My name is Bryant. And I'm Alex. And today we're joined by my close friend Sebastian, also known as Seabass, whose family ties inspired him to study physical and recreational therapy to help those in need. This is The Weekly Slice. So, Seabass, welcome to the show. We're happy to have you here today. Thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. So, uh, one thing we like to do just to start this off is uh, asking if there's any food you specifically remember eating growing up, maybe something that your parents made. Um, I don't know if it's my parents, but I uh, used to visit my grandparents uh, every Sunday, and my grandmother's signature recipe would be baked spaghetti. Okay. You want to just kind of go over what that is? Sure. So baked spaghetti <laughs> is uh, pretty much like a deep dish pizza, but in a big pan. And it's just spaghetti, meatballs, marinara sauce, all the seasonings you can imagine and anything else you want. And you throw that in the, the little oven and you cook that boy and you come out with a great baked spaghetti. Was that kind of a weeknight meal for you? Yeah, it's like a lasagna, but with spaghetti. Yeah. So it's got all the good Italian fixings, but in one one big pot. That's that's nice. That's well, nice. Probably one big pan. You don't bake it in a pot. No, I mean you make it in a big like deep dish pan. This is why you're the expert here, Alex. So, Sebas, I know you're from a lot of different parts of the country. Uh, when I first met you, you said that you were from Las Vegas, and then you're also from Tennessee, and now you've been living in Florida for the last couple of years. What was that like? Was the food pretty different across the country? Sort of. I mean, I was born in Vegas, but I didn't live there very long to remember anything. Only thing I had in Vegas was baby food. So, but compared to baby food in Florida, it's very drastically different. Really? Yeah. They got Gerber over here. Over there, they got uh, an older version of Gerber. Uh, (laughs) But uh, Nashville, I lived in Nashville for about six years. And a lot of uh, Southern food. A lot of very comfort style food. A lot of barbecue. A lot of barbecue. We love barbecue here. Yeah, I know you love missionary barbecue. <laughs> so that's the best. That's the best one. So, what would you say your favorite food is? Obviously, you've had a lot of, a lot of like favorite style of food. You've had a lot of influences from a lot of different cultures and areas. I love tortellini. I don't know why. I love the cheese and the pasta and the fact that the cheese is wrapped in pasta. The dish tortellini, like the pasta with the cheese. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, nice. Yeah, that's that's a good choice. Sometimes you can mix it up, throw some spinach in there. You can. Maybe even ground beef. Oh, now you're getting crazy. I don't... Maybe. Oh, well, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to push any <laughs> boundaries here. No, it's okay. I'm willing to try it, though. We're all about pushing boundaries here. You went to USF for the first two years, so we were roommates for two years, and then you transferred down to FIU in Miami. So that's a right. totally different landscape. Do you want to kind of just tell us about, like, the culture there, maybe just a little bit about like the food that you've eaten. Sure. So USF is in Tampa and Tampa's great. I love Tampa. Um, I love the people there as well. Love a lot of great restaurants uh, locally there. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to Miami and I only have one uncle in Miami and I've only visited a couple times, but I never actually lived there. 
And so the culture shock was insane. I used to hate my junior year. Junior year was rough for me because I was just getting acclimated to everything. Of course. And all the food and the, the way people talked and interacted. But then junior, uh, senior year, it was an absolute blast. I knew what to expect. I knew I was acclimated. It was amazing. Uh, the food grew on me very quickly, like empanadas, croquetas, uh, all these different things. They were just insane. And definitely want to bring some of them back to uh, Clearwater. So what were some of the big cultural differences? Uh, way people talked, way people interacted, way people drove. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot. It's, um, it's a bigger city for sure. Oh, it's a bigger city. Partying is all different. The way uh, people mostly communicate. I'm used to so many like, oh, how are you? Blah, blah, blah. Miami's very fast, very impersonal i would say like they're very family oriented but if you're not a part of their family they're sort of off-putting so you got to get used to them and then the way they interact and talk it's very fast it's very fluid a lot of things they say are off the top of their head so you really can't take it personally it's just what they think Mm -hmm. so I, i learned to just take it with a grain of salt and just keep moving i know the traffic in miami is notoriously kind of its own animal. Do you want to kind of talk about that for a second compared to being up here? Miami traffic is amazing. I love Miami traffic. Um, I drive fast either way. And driving in Miami, it just felt like I was driving on a normal road <laughs> with all these people driving the same speed as me. The only thing is that when you drive crazy, everyone else is driving normal. So you know what to expect. When you're in Miami and you're driving crazy, along with everyone else driving crazy, you got to be on top of your game. To make sure you guys don't do crazy things together and swerve in the same lane at the same time. You got to anticipate other people's crazy. Okay. It's, it's pretty much chess. I'm playing checkers over here and chess in Miami. <laughs> so what, what sparked the move for you to go from Tampa to Miami? I think I just became very stagnant. Uh, I, was very, I lived close to home and I moved with people that I knew. But I sort of got tired and I sort of became like, I feel like there wasn't any growth for me at USF. So I sort of wanted to move, whether that be Miami, whether that be uh, FSU, UF, anywhere, just somewhere further from home and where I would sort of grow out of my shell and sort of discover more of myself rather than being in this bubble that people have created for me back home. So doing that, I learned more about who I am, how I interact with people, uh, also the different culture and see outside of just where I grew up. I think that's uh, that's really important to kind of get out of your shell and kind of experience a different culture and kind of push yourself past your normal limits. Yeah, it was wonderful. And hopefully for grad school, I'll do the same. I don't want to go back to FIU. I would love to, but I, I would sort of prefer somewhere new so I get more of that experience. Yeah, for sure. So having, you know, lived in Miami for a bit now, going back to Tampa, do you now notice things that maybe you didn't notice before? Do you see it in a different perspective? Oh, yeah, I appreciate it much more. Uh, when I was in Tampa, I felt like I was very trapped. Like, I've visited Tampa before, even going to USF, and always I would, like, love Tampa, but I was like, oh, this is not that great. And then I go to Miami, and then I would see, like, oh, wow, I really miss these parts of Tampa. I really miss the culture of this and that. I would miss how they did this. And then coming back, I would drive through Tampa and be like, oh, my God, there's that spot. There's this. There's that. Oh, I miss the way that everything looks. So, so many trees here compared to Miami. It's mm-hmm. one thing I really like about Tampa. There's a lot of, or at least on USF's campus, especially that it's just covered in trees. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. So you actually went down to Miami 
and you started a new program. They just started your physical therapy program like the year that you went there. Is that correct? Uh, close to, yeah, it was the year before. Okay. But it was fairly new. What made you uh, want to study physical therapy? Well, I moved to Florida for my grandparents. I used to live in Tennessee and in Tennessee, my grandparents were in Florida and they were getting very old. So we moved to Florida so we can take care of them. So we visited them every week and just to help them clean up the house and do things and just make sure that they were okay. And from then on, we lived in Florida. And as they got older, I realized I was more and more useless, sort of say, like I couldn't really help them with certain like important things. Like I can always like do little tasks for them. But as I got older, I was felt more useless and I hate that feeling. So I sort of want to go into the field of where I can help people who are getting old, who have injuries, who just aren't able to help themselves. And I can actually feel more beneficial towards them instead of just cleaning up or picking something up for them. Okay, cool. Have you started PT classes yet? Uh, no, I'm currently studying recreational therapy. Okay, gotcha. Gotcha. And so a lot mm -hmm. of it is kind of, um, it's based off of mostly, you know, physical movement and kind of rehabilitation physically, right? Exactly. Yeah. So there's recreational therapy, occupational therapy, and like physical therapy, mm -hmm. all these different therapies. Uh, recreational is more activity-based, more working on like the modalities of like swimming, arts and crafts, like music, drama, things that stimulate the brain, but also can help with uh, building muscle, doing activities, keeping that youngness alive in you that you used to do a long time ago. Okay, so would you say, you know, how, how much is maybe cooking integrated into these curriculums? Uh, it's pretty big. It matters. Uh, a lot of the times when you work with patients with dementia or Alzheimer's, uh, they're not able to help themselves. They forget how to eat. They forget how to swallow. They forget how to do a lot of things on their own. They forget how to use utensils. So I currently work at a nursing home down in uh, Largo. And every morning and lunch, I have to help feed the residents. And each resident is different by the way they open their mouth, by the way they eat, by what they can and cannot eat, their allergies. So we would get trays and they would be presented to us with a paper that has their diet chart on it. And sometimes they have pureed food because they can't chew or they have thickened liquids. And there's many different thickened liquids. But that's because they, if they have a normal like water, they're not going to be able to swallow it as well. And they might choke. Mm -hmm. So usually, most of the time it's a pureed food. And I have to let them know. I talk to them, get very personal with them to say, hey, I'm about to feed you, blah, blah, blah. Um, here, open up. Here it comes, blah, blah, blah. And sometimes they don't even pay attention. Sometimes they're just completely out of it. But the more you work with them, the more they recognize you, the more they're like, okay, this is a, a safer environment for me. And you pretty much just feed them as you do a baby. That's really noble. Honestly, it requires a lot of, a lot of patience and compassion to be able to do what you do. So really mm -hmm. thankful for, uh, for people like you out in the field helping out our, our older generations who might not be able to help themselves these days. So you've lived in, when did you move to Florida? Was it? Uh... I moved here fourth grade of elementary. So I would say about maybe 12 years. 12 years. So obviously uh, you're probably a bit more Floridian than you are um, anything else at this point. Is there a specific uh, favorite spot in Florida that uh, you like to go to or maybe a specific restaurant? Uh, yeah, I love a restaurant in Clearwater. It's also in uh, Tampa. It's Pete and Shorty's. Mm -hmm. The local favorite. Yep. It's a bistro. It's amazing. Um, they got a dessert there called the Big O. It's ice cream and fried Oreos. Fantastic. Ooh. I usually get the shepherd's pie 
I love shepherd's pie. It's just mashed potatoes, ground beef, corn, gravy, Ooh. just everything. So good. It's like a Thanksgiving meal in one. How often would you say you uh, you end up at Pete and Shorty's? Oh, as much as I can go. I mean, obviously I can't go right now, but I just drove by it today and I saw that people were sitting out in the outside area. So I'm definitely going to take a visit soon. What kind of food do they generally serve? Is it just kind of a an all-American bistro? For the most part, it's based in Iowa. So oh, gotcha. it has very bar-like food. It's great. I love it. So uh, how long have you been going to uh, Pete and Shorty's? I think since high school. I think we did. We discovered it in our friend group uh, mm-hmm. around senior year, I believe. And ever since then, we just kept going. It used to be a good spot, grab beers when we were able to drink. Yeah, I think uh, that was one of the first places we met up. I think it was December after we all turned 21 for the first time. That was one of mm-hmm. the places that we uh, decided to meet up coming back from all of our different universities. So definitely a good Clearwater favorite. Yeah, and it's very homey and small and very comfortable. Now, what was your favorite place in Miami? Oh, Miami. It's a hard question. It is sort of hard because I didn't really venture out that much besides the campus and clubbing and downtown. But I went to, they have these little shops and little spots around us. I'm blanking on the name of what it was, but they have, they have like three different locations all around FIU and they served all these different foods from uh, the empanadas and croquetas and all these, the Cuban coffee uh, coladas. They're amazing. They're like, little shacks sort of like they're on the side of the streets and you just go up to them and it's like a bar and you just tell them your order and then they hand it to you they have people always hanging outside of it at all times it's 24 7 so no matter what part of the day if you're coming home from the club or you're waking up to go to the club uh you grab a croqueta and some cuban coffee and just go to town so speaking of cuban food cbs so you've lived in tampa and miami now right both very big Cuban hubs, all right? Mm-hmm. So there's a very big controversial debate that's been ongoing okay. for the past century or so about the Cuban sandwich, all right? <laughs> okay. So with your experiences, I don't want to say in your opinion, mm-hmm. based off of your experiences in both cities, uh, which one would you say does the Cuban sandwich better? There is a right and there's a wrong answer. You better answer carefully. I do want to say Tampa. I do like Tampa's uh, Cuban sandwiches a little bit better. That is the correct answer. Is that the correct answer? I made The Cuban it, yes. sandwich was founded in Tampa. Uh, some people would claim it would be founded in Key West. We don't recognize those people on this podcast. <laughs> I do love their key lime pie, though. Key well, lime pie. I yeah, mean... we'll, we'll give them that. <laughs> <laughs> that. That's not up for debate. <laughs> that is not up for debate. If it's green, it's disgusting. It's fake. <laughs> you gotta fake get that, news. Like, that, almost like a white key lime pie. Yeah. Get that food coloring out of here. It's like an opal yellow. It's weird. It's very vague. So in Miami, obviously, you've spent a lot of time there. What would you say the majority food is? Is it a lot of people eating mainly Cuban food? Or is it like a mixed, diverse set where people are eating all kinds of food? Uh, it's everything. Since there's so much influence because it's a big uh, hub for travel. Mm-hmm and visitation so they have a lot of everything there and the ports huge ports there so they bring in a lot of different influence since i lived on fiu's campus i didn't really get to venture out 
and see so much of the dynamic of Miami besides around FIU and downtown. But definitely, it's not like Miami uh, culture just shoved or food in your face. It's everything mixed together. So as someone who's lived on campus for three of their four college years, which one would you say had the better on-campus food, USF or FIU? It's, it's almost identical. It really is. I mean, I lived on campus my senior year, and I didn't have a meal plan. I worked at Tropical Smoothie, so that was my meal plan. And I just ate out like a fiend anywhere I could go. Uh, junior year, I had the meal plan, and it was almost identical with the, um, what's it called? Where you have a meal plan at? The dining hall? And you go there. The food court? Yeah. Yeah, so the food court. It was, it's almost the same. It's practically the same. Okay. It's that college food court. So you've said a lot about your favorite spots in Miami. Is there a favorite spot that you missed in Tampa your last couple of years? Fuzzies. Love Fuzzies. Fuzzies. Hands down. I miss Fuzzies. <laughs> try to, we try to hit Fuzzies up at least once a week. Fuzzies Taco Shop. Quick plug. Not a big deal. There's a taco truck right next to a tea place in Tampa, and that was great. I've only been there once, but it was fantastic. Uh, which one was it? Was it a taco bus, or was it? It wasn't a taco bus. No, it was a smaller one. No, near the tea place, right? Off of Fletcher? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, it's literally right in front of it. The yeah, tea yeah. place with the um, pistachio tea? I believe so. Cal- Calisa tea or something? We- we've been there yeah. once. I remember going yeah. there with you to study during That's finals the- week. That's exactly it. I don't know if they're pronouncing it correctly, Khaleesi or something, whatever, but yeah. it's definitely right in front of that. It was pretty good. Also, recommend them for the pod if you need to go get some tea. Support small mm-hmm. businesses, especially during these trying times. Quick plug. If, not if a you also deal. like boba, right across from the uh, Botanical Gardens at USF, there's a great boba spot that we used to visit religiously freshman year. Yeah, they had... Um, that was a real weird spot. Not, not weird, but um, that was a really interesting spot. I think they had like a GameCube set up for uh, yeah, Smash they, Bros. at all times. Or they had like a... GameCube. They had live music performances. They had community art up for sale, and that was posted everywhere. It's a real cool local spot. I think all college campuses probably have those little hidden gems just kind of lying right around them, and it's really important to, to go and find them, especially if you get the mm-hmm. opportunity like you did where you get to visit or live and work at two different universities over your undergrad, you kind of get to Mm -hmm. experience two different cultures. Oh, yeah. I would definitely recommend not keeping yourself stuck to the campus and try to explore the area around it. So, Cbes, I know you mentioned that, um, you know, you eat a lot of dining hall food and uh, you you do a lot of um, takeout and whatnot. Um, How often do you cook? Uh, Very rarely. Very rarely. (laughs) Unless I can boil something or throw it in the microwave. I love Hot Pockets, tell you what. They're a staple. Easy meal on the go. I tried to cook. I got a whole thing of like chicken breasts in a bag. And they all went bad because I never opened the bag. And I just kept them in the freezer. (laughs) If you had to cook something, if, if I was holding a spatula to your head and I told you you need to cook something for dinner tonight, what would you make? Oh, like a mac and cheese, maybe bacon and ham. Throw some breadcrumbs on top. Bake that boy. Okay, okay. I don't know what I would bake it at. Maybe 350 because that's like a general temperature. 20 minutes approximately. Might do a little bit longer than that, but I, I, I feel where you're coming <laughs> from. I feel where you're coming from. Something like that. Something quick and easy. I might have to look up the uh, wiki how on how to make a 
deep dish macaroni, but WikiHow is a solid resource. Yeah, I, I trust the WikiHow. All right, Sebastian. Have you ever eaten a German schnitzel before? I'm not familiar with a schnitzel. I might have to see a photo of it. It's like a plank of either pork or veal, pressed down and then deep fried on both sides. You usually get it smothered in some delicious sauce. Um, sometimes there's different toppings you add to it. You could throw an egg on there if you're really feeling feeling feisty. So one question we've started to ask people is if they prefer veal or pork. Honestly, you could just choose one or the other, but we do need a response. Pork. I've never had veal. You heard it here first. Okay. <laughs> that was an easy answer. <laughs> that was very easy. Is veal sort of like a liver? No. <laughs> it's a very tender steak or beef because it comes from like a adolescent cow. Yeah, isn't it like a baby lamb? No, it's a it's an adolescent cow. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Oh, shout out Greek food. I went to a Greek school from fourth grade up until eighth grade. What's your favorite Greek thing to Greek thing to eat? A uh, gyro, a gyro for those who don't know Greek food, but gyro is how it's pronounced. It's amazing. Pretty similar to the duner kebab we're familiar with. We've uh, mm-hmm. mentioned it before. It's lamb meat, uh, tzatziki sauce, um, caramelized onions. Oh, it's so good. Can't and, go, on pita can't bread. go wrong. The blend of spices out of this world. Insane. All right. So I know recently you've picked up some uh, part-time hours working for a pizza place. And Correct. I know from the first episode of the Weekly Slice, you've asked to come on and you wanted to talk about one specific thing. Okay. The debate about if pineapple belongs on pizza. Um, can I get your guys' opinion on pineapple on pizza? Well, let's get your opinion first. I'm not willing to throw my cards on the table. I need to hear your answer first. All right. Well, if you believe pineapple belongs on pizza, you're a simp. Hands down. You don't realize that what you're doing to the pizza is fundamentally destroying it, its integrity from where it came from. If you look up the history of pizza, it is an Italian dish. I think most people know that. Pineapple, not Italian, more of a Hawaiian aspect. Throwing that boy on that gorgeous man of a pizza, it sort of diminishes its uh, qualities and adds that nasty, um, acidic-y, throw-up-like uh, flavors to what should be the most enjoyable experience by taking a bite on that triangle goodness. All right, Sebastian, it was nice having you on the pod. See you next week. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Uh, that, was, that was a bold claim. <laughs> a bold claim, Sebastian. <laughs> Personally, I I think that pineapple has a place on some pizzas if you want a different <clears throat> different pizza experience. <clears throat> Obviously, it's not the standard pizza. If Hawaiian is your standard go-to pizza order, I think there might be fundamentally some misunderstanding with your ability to appreciate pizza. But uh, I think if uh, you want to spice things up, have a sweet and savory dish every once in a while, I think that's fine. Alex, I think you have like science or something behind this. I mean, I don't have any science behind it. I I mean, I, I would just say I appreciate, you know, the historical perspective on pizza. <laughs> You know, it's it, I I can see the argument. I understand it, right? You're talking authenticity, um, mm-hmm. but even talking about you know pizza in America these days, you're already the, the moment you mention you know American and pizza, you already throw authenticity out the window. You know, if you want to talk about real Italian pizza, 
you know, we're not talking New York slices here. We're not talking Chicago deep dish. I, I think that pineapple adds another layer onto the, I think it makes the dish more complex. I think it adds a layer of complexity. And I, okay. I can see why someone wouldn't enjoy that contrast between acidity and savory with the cheese and the meat going on. I can see that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I just think that pineapple pineapple doesn't deserve the hate it gets. Yeah, I respect that. I mean, there's a big community for pineapple on pizza. And that's fine. It's split. People have different taste buds. But there is something that is undeniably enhancing to a pizza. Do you guys like ranch on a pizza? Oh, say less. I actually haven't ever tried ranch on a pizza. I've been meaning to, but it's never available when I have some. It is so good. I'm telling you. Say less. We're if we're talking about adding complexity to pizza, ranch just it's a whole new game. It's a whole new animal, really. So, Sebastian, what is your mm -hmm. go to just general toppings on a pizza then? I love olives. I love olives. Black olives. Um, I'm not a fan of pepperoni. Okay. Pepperoni. Some bacon. Bacon is so powerful of a flavor. It's amazing. Um, with the olives, maybe some barbecue sauce, a little drizzle on top, get crazy with it. Anchovies, uh, that shouldn't even be a topping. That shouldn't even be a fish. I would agree. I would <laughs> agree with that. And I think that's my go-to. As long as it has olives on it, I'll probably eat it. Okay. Big anti-pasto guy? Anti-pasta? Anti-pasta? That's like the meat salad, right? Uh, no. What am I thinking of? I... I don't know what you think. I mean, there's meat in it. You can put salami in it. You can put cured meats in it, but it's mostly an olive, olive kind of thing. Um, I eat antipasta, but it's not my favorite. Okay, that's respectable. There is an antipasta salad that some mm -hmm. people have. It's basically just antipasta, just put on some lettuce. <laughs> it's a weird looking salad. I looked it up. It's yeah, <laughs> I, it's never normal to see a salad that just has like pieces of ham in it. For like yeah, half of I a salami. Put some Italian dressing on that. Throw some Italian dressing on anything and it's probably pretty good to eat. That's very true. Caesar dressing. I love Caesar. Big Caesar salad guy. I feel that. Mm -hmm. So where's your favorite place to get pizza? Uh, another great hidden gem of USF. If you have never heard of Mai's Pizza. M-E-I-S Pizza. It is a sweet pizza from a Chinese restaurant. It is... So good, so cheap, and they make it so fast. And it's a sweet pizza. Like Their sauce is very sweet, but it works so well. May's Chinese pizza has been, has been a staple. And you can get, like, Chinese, like, food pizza there, right? Like, you can get, like, sweet and sour chicken pizza or General So's pizza there, right? I think so. Honestly, I've never tried. I usually just go with the uh, the pepperoni if I do the five dollar five dollar. <laughs> yeah, pizza you just deal. go with the cheese, maybe the pepperoni, but just keep it plain and simple. The sauce just t carries it. Well, all right, and I think that's a uh, that's a pretty good uh, place to end it. We've okay. got some great recommendations for a lot of local places, uh, both Tampa and Miami. Just uh, recommendations for things to try. I got to mention something real quickly, actually. Yes. All right. All right so from the first podcast, um, this is for Alex. Alex, I noticed that you would say something. You would say a filler word uh, very frequently. And you can go back in the 
the viewers can go back to the first episode and rewatch it. Please or do. listen to it. You would say this filler word so often. You said it actually, if I'm not wrong, 56 times. 56 times. 55, sorry. 55 times in a 30-minute 30 uh, 30 period. Is it a single word? It's a two-word. Huh. It's a... You know? You know. <laughs> it is, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you would be talking to Brian and be like, something blah, 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 and like, you know? And it's something Brian's never heard of, but you would keep saying, you know? <laughs> And Brian would be, oh, of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I just thought I would mention that. I thought it was funny. It's subconscious, man. It just comes out. It comes. I can't help it. It's like, um, but instead of um, you're like, you know? I think you know is probably a little bit easier to digest than um. Um is uh, quite, <laughs> and quite a quite You know filler. also includes the other person in the conversation because you're like, oh, you know it. Yeah, it's like, oh, that, oh, that engagement up. <laughs> It's it's that it's that extra like quality of the conversation that like oh you're still a part of this you know yeah it's it's like uh it's like you know adding seasoning yeah you know it's like a conversation seasoning you know it's it's just something that you yeah you know yeah you toss on to a conversation you know as an afterthought and you you kind of just oh yeah you know it spices up you just spices up the talk it just adds that extra <clears throat> to it that you know? umami that seasoning you know <laughs> oh yeah you know. All right, that's our show. Thank you for joining us today, Seabass. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure to talk to both of you today. It was a pleasure talking to you. Uh, so what's the best place for people to find you? Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Seabass underscore Ty or on TikTok at Sebastian Ty or on Twitter at duh, D-A underscore Seabass. All right, three outlets. No reason not to follow this man. Uh, so make sure to rate, review, and follow us on Instagram at Weekly Slice Pod, or send us an email with your thoughts to weeklyslicepod at gmail.com. Uh, also, shout out to Mitchell Silcox for our musical themes. Make sure to check out his SoundCloud link in the description. We'll see you next week. Take care, guys. Awesome. Thank you.